Stories. Everybody's got them, and we can learn from each other. History can be traced through letters and writings, but the one thing that has remained throughout the generations is the oral tradition. Oral history is one attempt to pass along the stories, tales, musings, and remembrances of one family for the benefit of listeners for generations to come. Join us now for this episode of Oral History with Jeff Silkowski. Well, thank you for joining us. We have made it to one year. This is episode 26. We have done an episode every two weeks for uh, the past year, and the context of the year that we've been through as a nation, as a people, isn't going to have a whole lot of uh, bearing in our time together because this probably isn't going to be listened to for the most part in real time. It's going to be listened to years later, but we do know that a year later we're a little bit older and we have a few more aches and pains and we have a few more uh, stiff places and lack of ability to bend. Maybe the waistline has grown a little bit, but we've grown wiser and we've grown deeper in our relationships. We've grown deeper in love with Jesus. And in our context of oral history, I just wanted to take you through a couple of the mileposts in this past year and some of the things that we've talked about. But more than anything, I want to take you all the way back to the beginning and remind you why it is that I do what I do here. So first of all, I want to thank all of you for participating. Um, you, Those of you who are patrons on Patreon have been tremendously helpful. Um, the purpose of that is just to help us recoup some of the cost of making sure that these recordings are kept forever and not just something that has to roll off week by week. So I really appreciate that. You visited our website, aural-history.com. You've participated in our Facebook page. We have over 130 likes on our Facebook page. And so it's been a journey and I want to take you back, as I said, to the very beginning and the purpose for having done this. The The very first episode a year ago, where I was at in my own life was I was in the middle of just a time of uncertainty about my job and my role in my, uh, in, in my church. I was um, just kind of in a depressive phase, um, just anxious and there was quite a bit going on and really the podcast served to be kind of a balm for my own soul so I kind of did it for that reason but the real reason is what I stated in the very first episode this really is about a, a young lady um, by the name of Lex my daughter and the purpose for doing this is so that she has the opportunity to hear her own dad her in her own dad's voice talk about some of the things that have gone on in his life. I had the privilege of caring for my father in the latter years of his life. My sister did it so elegantly and so selflessly for many years after she and her husband returned from the military, but I had the privilege of taking over in the very latter years of my dad's life. And 
There were some difficult times, and one of the most difficult times was when we had to make the decision for my dad to be in a nursing home full-time, and my dad didn't want to talk to me. Um, he didn't want to talk to me for several weeks, but he did talk to a friend of ours, a friend named Tracy, and Tracy kind of didn't push. She didn't question what was going on. She just put herself in a position to care and love for my dad and listen. And she took a recorder along with her, and she had the privilege of recording some of his stories of things that he'd done in his life and just some of the memories that he had. And it birthed in me a desire to do the same for, for my child and for whoever may come after her and for all of you. And it started that way. And it started with an episode called Why Oral History. And it was an explanation of the the tradition that we have of passing down stories through oral tradition, through the telling of stories. Um, there's uh, a, a wonderful movie um, the original, the both and and the sequel were both pretty good. It was called Fahrenheit 451. It was it was based on a science fiction novel, and it was about a dystopian society in the future where books were banned. In fact, in the original movie, the entire credits were told. Um, they were spoken out loud because books had been outlawed and reading had been outlawed. And the purpose of reading the the opening credits was that, well, that's the way it would have been in the society because there would be no reading even in visuals on television. Television had become big. Television had become so big that it had taken over people's lives and it controlled people's lives. And when this movie was made in the 1960s, they had no idea how true it might be of our lives in 21st century America with cell phones and uh, a computer on our wrist or on our hip that is more powerful than anything I grew up with. And uh, the only way of passing stories along, the only way of passing books along in that, in that novel and in that movie, Fahrenheit 451, was for people to tell stories to one another and pass them along. Someone's life would become the story that they had been chosen to read and ingest and become. And it was their job to pass that particular story along. And that's kind of how I approached oral history. It was the hearing. It was about the listener. It was about my daughter having the opportunity to hear some of these stories varied stories. Um, the second episode that we did was a story, a series of stories called Road Stories. And it was really, I had said in the beginning that it was really could have been called All the Accidents I've Ever Been In, but that didn't make for a great title. So it was called Road Stories. And it involved times with my dad where we had accidents and times on that my sh friend Sean and I had an accident when we were 18 and times on the road when I was with Steve Green Ministries. And that just kind of led organically to a series of remembrances of different jobs that I've served in. Now, my, my life isn't marked by the jobs that I've had, 
But I also have to tell you that I have never left a job upset, angry, or wanting to burn the bridge of the place that I'd worked at. I never have. I've, I've always left places of employment loving and caring for the people that I worked for and still loving and caring the, for the people that I work for. And so it just naturally became an opportunity to tell some stories because along the way we picked up a few people in our listenership that had worked with me in some of those jobs. And it was a great opportunity to just say, hey, I enjoyed the time I spent at Canyon Cable 11 with Mike and Glenn and Babs and Randy and uh, Jeff and Joe and these other guys. And then it was an opportunity to share my time at KTSC-TV and the the deep friendships that I developed there, especially with Ron. Um, Ron has been with me for a long time. And some of the friends that we've lost along the way, uh, a friend named Jack who passed away years ago, and uh, Sean and Kathy and uh, so many more. I'm sorry, I'm missing names right now. Um, but just um, so many names, Michelle and, and Radonna, and just people that I still to this day love and care for. And, and it just led on from there to other stories. But in the midst of all of that, there was also this kind of thread that developed and I invited my wife into the circle and we talked about the times that we met and how we met and how we didn't meet multiple times and how we finally met based on a job interview here in Cleveland, Ohio and how our family grew, how we grew in our love for one another and how we brought um, the desire to have children into that role and our difficulties with infertility and the ups and downs and the hard times in all of that. But the glorious times of, of bringing home this little girl on Christmas Eve of 2010, walking through the door of our home at about 12.15 in the morning on Christmas morning and placing my daughter in the hands of her namesake and just being blessed by that and those stories were some of the most well received because we kind of opened up the audience to all those people that not only love and care for me but those people who love and care for my wife and we picked up other longtime listeners along the way who, who just love and care for my wife. And, and through all of it, through even the most recent stories of wounding and anxiety and, and difficulties that I've had in my life, they've, the stories that I've been able to tell have touched people's hearts and have reached people right where they live. And I don't take that lightly at all. And I don't take lightly 26 episodes and a year of pretty closely hitting 35 minutes each time. I'm not sure exactly how we settled into that as a, as a natural time, but every time I've 
picked up the microphone and began to talk, it pretty much felt like it was about over after 32 minutes. And then I had an opportunity to pray at the end. And I had one episode. This is the tech geek in me and the obsessive compulsive in me. I had two episodes where I lay these tracks down into a timeline and I kind of lay them under the opening and the closing that you hear. And I had two episodes where I almost didn't need to move either the opening or the closing, I think maybe by two seconds. The two episodes were so close in time that they were almost exactly the same length. And I know for those of you that aren't obsessive compulsive and aren't technical, you probably wonder why I even bring that up, but it's balm to my soul as well, because those things just fit this pattern of there's a purpose for this. There's a reason for doing this. And that reason just keeps playing itself out in a number of ways. Again, the original reason and the reason why I embarked upon all of this was the sake of this young lady named Lex. But as others have come along and as others have participated, like a friend Ron and another friend Ron and a, a friend named Leroy, as, as they came along, it became important to me to speak to the things that are on my heart that might help them as well. And then, as I said, episodes like Wounds and Anxiety actually opened the door to a, a, a small audience of people that listen on SoundCloud and some people that I don't know, but it really resonated with them. And so the purpose of oral history began with one person in mind, but it's grown to so much more. And the desire is to see it continue, see it continue to reach, but I have no idea how long that's going to be. I've, I've been told that podcasts in general rarely make it past the 10th episode. Either the platform folds underneath somebody or the desire to do it just kind of wanes or just in general, life gets in the way. And most podcasters kind of call it quits after about 10 episodes. And so I was really careful in my time during that 10th episode to at least remind myself that there was a purpose for doing this even beyond 10 episodes. And now as we hit a milestone of 26 episodes and we make our way into year two, there's just this continued reminder in my heart and in my soul that there's a reason for doing this. That over 26 episodes, people have latched on, people have subscribed, they've gone to their podcast provider and they've chosen to subscribe and let these auto download onto their phones. And that's precious to me. That's precious space on a device that could be there for something else. That's precious space in someone's life where 
they devote 35 minutes to listening to this when they could be doing anything else. And I don't take that lightly. And so all through the process, I have always made it a point to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to call people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful that that's the calling upon my life. And and I'll confess right now where I'm at in my life, especially with my daughter, is it's been hard. Lex, this time has been hard. She's 11 right now. She's, she has told me flat out she does not share my worldview. She doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. She doesn't have him as Lord and Savior. I still believe the Lord is after her and loves her and is pursuing her because he gave her specifically to Larissa and I. I don't think it's happenstance. I don't think it's fate or luck or the draw that Lex is part of my life and part of Larissa's life. I believe it's God's providence. I believe that it's part of his sovereign plan. And as I've talked about Lex's upbringing and and her birth family, I've I've been very clear that her birth family, we have an open adoption. We know exactly where her birth mom is at. We know exactly where her three half-sisters are. We know where her grandmother is. We have communication with them. We talk with them on a regular basis. We're going through life with them, the ups and the downs, the difficulties, the hurts, the pains, the sickness, the the growing older, the struggling through difficulties of life. We're going through that with this family. But there is one person, there's one person that is not in the picture. And it's Alexa's birth dad. And we've not done paternity testing. We don't know. We have some suspicions as to who he might be but we don't know for sure. And as a little girl growing up, not knowing who that person was, for a long time, Lex really struggled with this perception of there was this family out there that gave me up, she thought. This mom and dad, and she knew that not to be reality, but there was still this longing in her heart for there to have been this something of this man and woman having a family and her being a part of it. And adoption does that to a little kid. And so my my daughter got dropped into the middle of that, and she doesn't know who her birth dad is. And it hurts her and it wounds her and she doesn't know who to carry it forward to she doesn't know how to process it 
And so it comes out on me. I'm the one who can bear that responsibility. And as I've mentioned, it's, it's been difficult. It's been very hard at times to feel like a third wheel in my family because my daughter and my, and my wife, they love each other very much and they have a very close relationship. And sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of here to fill a role, to provide for my family. And I know someday when my daughter's heart can grasp the reality of who her birth dad is and who I am and that I'm not him, I know that we'll grow closer together. I'm hopeful. But as they say, it's sometimes hard to see the forest for the trees. When you're that deep into the woods, you really can't have any perspective for where you're at. And and that's, I think, where Alexa Lex is at. That's where I find myself at times. And so we just kind of muddle through as father and daughter, we call each other that. She says to me often, hello, father, and I say hello to her, hello, daughter. But it's also difficult. And I confess that to you and I confess that to her in her hearing this whenever it is that she's listening in the future I'm not angry I'm not upset I'm not wounded I just know that this is something that I have to go through with you right now in order to get to where it's going to be someday. Someday when I get to walk you down the aisle, if you choose to get married. Someday I get to hold your baby if you choose to have children. Someday when I'm in a nursing home like my dad and I'm not happy about it, but I know that there was a reason for it. And in all of that, I look forward to loving and caring for this girl named Lex that God has given me. Like I said, I don't, I do not consider it fate, luck, or anything else. I consider it God's sovereignty that he placed her in my life for a purpose to make me who he wants me to be for her and for him. So when I'm deep in the pain of not knowing if I'm going to have a relationship with my kid and feeling like a third wheel, I hold on to the hope that this podcast brings. It brings me hope that someday she will listen to this and she will have her children and her grandchildren listen to this and they'll understand how much 
I care for her. How deeply I love her. I'm not pausing for any other reason than to just let that fact sink in into my heart and into hers and into yours as you listen. Lex, there's a reason why I'm your dad. And as difficult as the hard times were and as glorious as the good times are or were and as hard as the hard times were or are I love you beyond anything you will ever understand. You are a gift to me. You are a blessing to me. And these are the things that I can't say to you in person because as soon as I try to, at least at your 11-year-old self, the eye roll happens and, and I watch you not able to take in the emotion of a statement like I just said. But you are precious to me. And you are worth it. You're worth everything. You're worth everything to Larissa and I. And we're so blessed that you are our kid. All right, the rest of you who are listening are still listening. That was a, a, a very personal family moment that you got to be a part of. But I feel like it was necessary for not only Lex to hear that, but for all of you to hear that. To understand what the heart of a dad is like. A dad who endures hurt, endures separation, endures the hard times for the hope that someday it will all be better. And now I'm not just speaking of me. I'm speaking of this real Heavenly Father, this real God, this real creator of the universe that had a plan. He didn't have to make this world, but he chose to. And he didn't have to make humanity, but he chose to. And he chose to because he loves us. And his original plan, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, was to be with his children and walk with them and talk with them and do life with them. That's why he created the Garden of Eden. That's why he created Adam, and that's why he created Eve, and that's why he created the stars and the sky, and the heavens and the earth and the waters and the seas and lightness and darkness. He did all of that out of his pure, unfiltered, overwhelming, awe-inspiring love for his creation. 
And then sin entered the world, and it broke it all. And there was separation. There was shame. Adam and Eve were hiding from God when they had sinned. They were covering themselves up because, because suddenly they felt shame. And eventually they were, were cast out of God's presence and out of the Garden of Eden because of that sin in their life. But that's not the end of God's love for humanity. In fact, that's really just the beginning of God's love for humanity because in all of that, God had this plan all along. Plan A, no other plan, no plan B, no plan C. He had a plan, and that plan was to send his son to earth to be God in the flesh, to tabernacle amongst us, to live with us, to be Emmanuel, God with us to go through everything that we've gone through, to understand what it's like to be fully human and yet fully God, to live a perfect, sinless life so that he, Jesus, could be the substitution for our sin. The redemption of our lives happens because Jesus led the perfect life and was the perfect sacrifice for sin because sin has to be dealt with. God cannot be in the presence of sin. And so the only way for us to come to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was for Jesus to come to earth, live the perfect life, die a death that fulfilled all of the Old Testament scripture, hang on the cross in utter agony, and suffer the separation from the Father that we would have to suffer if it weren't for what Christ did. That's how much God loves us. He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life that's John 3.16. It's not just a saying in the end zone of a football game. That's the reality of how much God loves you. That's the Father. That's the Father who stands waiting for you to come running home to Him. When the separation has occurred, when the hurt has occurred, when... You as the child, because he's perfect, but when you as the child choose to separate yourself from him, and you do from the moment you're born, when you finally get to that point and he ushers you to that point where you realize that you need him and you need to have relationship with him, and you come running to him, he comes running and meets you. I've told you before the story in Luke 15 where the prodigal father stands on the porch waiting for his son to return. Now the son has gone and he's tried to make his life what he thought it could be through every means possible. Money, fame, 
uh, hedonism, whatever. He, he tried it all, the son did. And he realized when he was at his very bottom that if he just returned home, maybe his father would take him in as a servant. And to his surprise, when he came walking down the driveway of his home, his father had been standing on the porch waiting for him. That's our Heavenly Father. He's just waiting for us to come back to him. I'm just waiting for my daughter to come running to me and say, I understand what it is dad that you do as a pastor i understand what it is that you believe in and i want to be a part of it i just i i long for that day like that prodigal father stood on that porch waiting for his son to return like god the father waits for you to come running to him we all three just wait and when our children come home. We don't scold them. I wouldn't scold Alexa when she comes to saving faith in Christ and she comes home and she realizes all of this that God has given her through all of this, through his providence of placing her in our family. When she reaches that point, I will throw my arms around her and I will hold her to my chest. And I will welcome her home. The prodigal father in Luke 15 did that for his son. He threw a party for his son. And he put the, the royal robe on him. And he put the ring on his finger. And he welcomed him back. Not as a servant, but as the son. And the heavenly father, God the father, God creator, waits for you to find yourself at the bottom of whatever it is. You've tried it all. You've figured out that none of it works and none of it fills that hurt in your heart and none of it is going to dull that ache because that ache can only be filled by the one who loves you the most. The Heavenly Father, God the Creator, is the only one who can fill that hole in your heart because He made it. He made it shaped just like him and his love. So that when you come to that point, you'll know it's him. Now I pause because I don't have words to say. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what I have given my life to not that it was mine to give but God called me to this and I hope this not only for my daughter but I hope it for all of you who are listening this is my desire for you that you would know him so this is how we wrap up Year 1, episode 26. My call is that you, if you don't know that love, that love of the God the Father, that you would, right now, that you would open your eyes and your ears to what it is that he has for you. He has you where he has you for a reason. Just like he has my daughter in this family for a reason. 
He has you where he has you for a reason. So just open your eyes. You know the ache that's in your heart, and he's the only one who can fill it. So right now, just close your eyes and just tell him, I'm at the end of trying to dull the ache in my heart. I'm tired of trying all the things that the world says are going to fix me or make me better or help me escape. Because now I know, Lord, that that hole, that I, that ache that I feel can only be filled by you. So I ask you, Father God, fill that hole. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be in control of my destiny because you already are anyway. I just surrender to it. Be my Savior. Save me from myself. Save me from the sin in my life. Save me from trying to do it in my own way. Save me from eternal punishment. Save me from separation from you. And I ask you, Father God, make me yours and change the direction of my life today, right now, so that you can be glorified and so that others may know you. And if that's what you prayed today, if that's real to you for the very first time, please get on our Facebook page. Please go to rl-history.com and go into the chat section or the email section and let me know that this is what has been, what has taken place in your heart and your life today. You don't need to give me the details, but just let me know so that I can pray for you. And Lex, when you're listening to this someday, this is what I hoped for. This is why I did this podcast. I love you, baby. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Aural History. This has been a production of Z Media and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. Join us again next time.